Hi, my name is Daniel, and this is the first episode of a podcast that Carter and I are making called What is Written? I'm Carter. Uh, we are movie lovers, book lovers. And TV show lovers. We love all forms of written media. The goal of, the, the goal of this podcast is just discuss um, screenplays, movies, TV shows, books, like good writing, good storytelling, and a little bit about why it's good. You know, like why we like certain books, movies, or TV shows and how they make us feel and like our thoughts afterwards. Yeah, sort of like what about a movie like is good and why mm-hmm. that thing that we think is good is good. Yeah, or just, just stories in general is like... the teen, Carter was talking about how the, the title, What is Written, shows a little bit more of a leaning towards books, but screen movies are written too and so are tv shows but but they're also filmed and produced yeah no there's a lot of things there's a lot of things we'll be talking about and we'll see if we even like get to any books because it's a lot bigger commitment to read a book than it is to watch a movie but for this episode we're starting out with a movie a relatively new movie actually wait wait did we say the name of the title of the podcast (laughs) what is written yeah i did yeah i'd like the beginning Okay. All right, so today we're going to be talking about this relatively new movie. It's still in theaters currently. Not for very long, though. But it's called Blade Runner 2049. And I'm, I was kind of hesitant to start out with this movie because I love it so much. And it's going to seem like I'm one of those people that just hypes up every single movie. But this, honestly, right now is my favorite movie, like, of all time. Yeah, like, it's, uh, it's pretty up there, honestly. It's very, like, modern, but it's really good mm-hmm. for what it is. Yeah, we actually ended up going and going to theaters and seeing it twice because like the first time actually i first heard about this because a barista recommended it to me and she hyped it up so much and i was like yeah i don't know like yeah i heard I about know. it on uh npr i was like shit i gotta check that out yeah no it's like really good it's a sequel to i don't know if you guys have seen the the first blade runner it came out in like 87 or something yeah, like that right around the 80s yeah it stars harrison ford and like I don't know some other people I don't know the name of, but it was it was an Blade, the original Blade Runner was like an okay movie. I'd give it like a six out of ten. It's like it's definitely a cult classic and not a classic in the idea that um, classics are just great. Like Terminator is a classic, Blade Runner is a cult mm-hmm. classic. There's just like Terminator holds up beautifully these days, but cult Blade Runner there's there's a couple scenes where you're just like wow this is really really 80s and, and stupid but the best part of the movie is at the very very end when this character Roy gives this monologue and apparently he actually ad-libbed that and that's like really? yeah I know I, I, surpri- know I surprised when I heard about wow. that yeah I was like wow that was like the best part of the movie but yeah I mean it's not necessary to watch the first Blade Runner to go in and watch Blade Runner 2049 but I would recommend it yeah there's some like lore stuff yeah, and it's expl- it's everything is explained in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but it you'd, you'd have to be pretty sharp to get it all like right at the first. I yeah, there's sort of like yeah. connections from the last movie, and you hear a name, and you're like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, and they yeah they they do the right amount of callbacks to the first movie, like they bring in some. Yeah, it doesn't feel like fan servicey. It feels more like a they sort of make the old movie characters part of the puzzle if yeah. that makes sense no it, it reminded me a lot of the way uh the force awakens like had the right also starring Harrison Ford. <laughs> i just love seeing that oh, old guy in all man. these new movies but yeah it's just it was just like a you know it's the right amount of like familiar faces like oh my gosh and then like you know all these moments that you have but yeah but they don't like call back to like some of the yeah, more it's not they're not they're not i guess yeah they're not playing up on the nostalgia of the old movie it's more yeah. of like a like a tip of the hat like yes this these are our roots yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And there's some major plot points. But 
Okay, so from here on out, we're going to be spoiling some things. So if you haven't watched this movie, then you want to watch it, and you don't want to know what actually happens, then, like, go watch it and come back and listen to this. But if you don't care, and just maybe after this listening. you'll want to watch it, just keep listening. But, <laughs> keep listening, baby. But, yeah, I, I love this movie. I think this movie actually is a 10 out of 10 for me. And I don't... Do you want to do you wanna go over the plot? Oh, yeah, we'll go over the plot real quick. But So the plot is, um, there's these, um, in the future, mankind... 2049. 2049 yeah but in the in the original blade runner it's 2019 and they create mm-hmm. these things called replicants and basically they're they're androids. androids that look exactly like humans like they bleed and they're not made of computer parts they're just like almost like hatched i guess you call yeah. it they have a lifespan of like four years so they have they're really like a, but they also have like artificial intelligence so they have mm-hmm. minds but they don't have memories so their emotions can be like really unstable and a Blade Runner, the eponymous Blade Runner, is somebody who basically retires a rebellious replicant who tries to live on past that mm-hmm. four-year lifespan. Because once, if they try and like get out of, they're used mostly for like labor and as like war. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the the main antagonist in Blade Runner twenty forty nine does this this awesome monologue. It's play, He's played by Jared Leto, and his name is Mister Wallace. But he basically like. He talks about how every great civilization is built on the backs of slaves, or like on the backs of a workforce. And he talks about how like since humanity has lost its taste for slaves, that we need to create a new workforce and like use that to further our space exploration. And at this point in twenty forty nine, and like that's another one of the themes that they touch. There's a lot of themes that they touch on in this. Right. Actually, well, before but, we get to themes, like okay, before we get to try and like finish up this plot. But uh, what is it? Yeah, in twenty forty nine. Basically, the starting point for 2049 from the original Blade Runner is... So, in the original Blade Runner, Tyrell Corp made these replicants, but Tyrell Corp went bankrupt, and then Wallace Corporation bought uh, Tyrell, and they started making new replicants, which were Nexus 8s. Yep, Nexus 8 is the name of the new ones. And And the new ones are less likely to malfunction. Yeah. And in the original Blade Runner, it was kind of like an experimental thing to implant them with memories. But in this new one, they all have memories. Yeah. So they're more stable, and they don't act as, like, yeah sporadic because if you think about it like when before when they were they were just sticking out like the they look like 25 26 when they pop out of the egg thing yep oh that scene is that's one of my favorite (sighs) scenes but um it's like imagine being 20 like having the mental capacity and cognitive ability of a 26 year old and just being like thrust into the world like it's just of course you'd be like disconcerted and like freaking out but yeah so like it it's it's very like very logical, like, plot yeah. point. It's like, of course they need to have these memories pl- implanted into them to be stable. Like, Yeah. But, anyway, back to the plot of the movie. So, so there's, a, there's a Blade Runner who actually is a Nexus 8. And he goes around and he retires all of these older models. Mm-hmm. And um, he starts out and he goes to this um, a, it's called a protein farm, I think. Yep. The setting is, like, 2049, the year 2049, in, like, a almost dystopian... I would say it's like, it's not dystopian. It's more like cyberpunk. Hy- cyberpunk hyper commercialized. Yeah, it's sort of like uh, it's like Tokyo. Yeah, interesting. A lot of lot of nudity in this film, but it's mm. like there was two scenes actually. There only two. Yeah, you had uh, joy, and then you had the birth. There was also the statues with boobs, but I don't know if you can. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like calling Renaissance art nudity, but mm-hmm. it was very interesting because like there is a sex scene in this movie, but they showed no nudity. Well, that I think. See, 
when they used nudity, it was for titillation, but titillation. <laughs> but <laughs> when high quality puns, when they didn't it, during the sex scene, it was more for like intimacy. Yeah, no, I I saw nudity in this movie as a as a critique of like the our sexual like culture, you know, like sexualizing. Yeah, things? yeah, oh, like yeah, the over sexualization of particularly women and the nipple. Like, <laughs> Free the nipple, baby. That's just kidding. <laughs> Please, no political commentary during this podcast. But yeah, I thought it was very, very tasteful use of nudity, but also disturbing. There's um. Anyway, we'll get to that. But there's this particular scene with again. He's one of my favorite antagonists. The main antagonist is Wallace. I guess I don't know. Is he he's, he's the main antagonist? Yeah, I'd call him the main antagonist. But he has this god complex, and you see this 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 Nexus Eight being born. And he does this big monologue about how, like, we build on the backs of slaves and how, like, when you're born, like, here, I actually took notes during the movie. But he says, before we even know what we are, we fear to lose what we've been given. And it's like... Before we know we're alive, we're afraid to die. Yeah, exactly. Fear is, like, a primal instinct. And there's this, like, naked, shaking woman that's just, like, like, falls out of this sack in this room. And she's, like, she, like, can barely speak and she stands up. And this, like, Jared Leto goes over and, like, feels her and is doing this monologue. It's really fucking Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's so fucked up. But, like, he ends up slicing open her stomach and, like, she falls down and he kisses her before he falls. And it's, like, the greatest, oh, man, you just, like, great, like, characterization of, like, yeah, just a, that character. Like you just know exactly what this guy's about. <laughs> like, yeah. He's insane. But in a in really a believable good. way, you yeah. know? Like Jared Leto as the Joker in Suicide Squad was like crazy in a cheesy Well yeah, because way. it's like, sort of like he's overdoing it. Yeah. But with this movie it felt more like It felt like grounded in something, you know? Like yeah. if it had a really good place in the movie. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're terrible at explaining the plot. But the plot are these this blade runner goes need he um Retires this Nexus Eight living in this protein. No, farm? it's not. It's not Nexus Eight. It's one of the older models. Six. Yeah, Nexus Six. I think okay. it is. And they and he's exploring around the um, retired um, replicants area. Farm? Like yeah, like farm, his house, whatever. And he finds these bones buried underneath a tree. And um, he brings them back to. He's a police officer. Blade Runners are so he brings them back to the L.A. police station and they check it out. And another thing about replicants is that they can't reproduce, but they find these bones and they can tell that the woman has given birth, and then they find out later. It's interesting because they don't know she's a replicant until they see they, – they can't tell that the bones belong to a replicant until they see an incision with the serial number inside, which I thought that was like – that's kind of a, a – they were touching on another theme in the movie that is like what does it mean to be human? Mm-hmm. And like it, it just showed that these replicants – are like literally like the only thing about the replicants you couldn't you could never tell that they were replicants. Yeah, like they're as human as anyone else until you see their serial number. Yeah, and so it becomes a very large deal that um they don't want it like they don't want the news getting out that a replicant gave birth, and that's where this other character comes in called Madam. I love I love the Madam character, but Madam is the main character's boss. Mm-hmm. The main character, his name is Katie. One de- one six dash seven. I, we can just call him KD. I KD. Think. KD. He goes by one. Joe later in the movie. He gets the name Joe. So Joe, yeah. this is Joe's boss, the the Blade Runner replicant, and she's a really interesting character because she she's human. She's yeah, she's human, and she doesn't really see replicants as like lesser than them. She it's interesting because she she has this monologue where she talks about 
I think she she's more of like utilitarian. Like, how can I use these people to most effectively like bring yeah. about my plans? So it's not about yeah. like. But to be fair, she does that to both humans and replicants. Exactly. Almost. Like she's not like, discriminating, but she's also not like she's duty bound. Yeah, she's more about duty than like. Mm-hmm. Very ecstatic character, like awesome. Like her yeah. goal is to just prevent any war between replicants and humans because that would disrupt the status quo. Yeah, and that's why she's doing it. What she's doing. Yeah, so basically mm-hmm. they find these bones, and they're like, oh no, uh, replicant gave birth. Like, this is some big it's shit. It's huge. It's huge. Katie's like it- in the office, and she's like, you forget about this, okay? We don't want a war erupting or, like, mm-hmm. any of this. Like, And he's like, yes, ma'am. But then, it, like, I don't know. It was, like, weird, because in that... Oh, man. Yeah, during that scene, basically, he's like... He said it felt weird to, like kill something that had been born before like yeah because it like almost has a soul because it's been born she was like you've been doing fine without a soul or madam yeah. was 2kd so yeah yeah it was yeah and that that was like showing her character where she says like like it doesn't matter whether or not yeah. you have a soul like you did you your, do job. your job yeah exactly and that was ah oh, great like i love it when characters are consistent like that mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily, like, they could, people change, like, characters change, but, like, when... But if they don't change for, like, the right reason, yeah. it's, like... They if they just, just randomly the- change, like, you don't know why, but all of a sudden they were, like... At the beginning, they're, like, honor-bound, and then later they're just, like... Flimsy? Will, yeah, like, flin, like, whatever. But very good use of character. And so, um, KD goes to, um, Wallace Corporation, actually, and, oh, by the way, this, this movie is beautifully shot, like... And the music is Hans Zimmer did the music in this movie, so he yeah he oh, did man. he did damn it I thought it was so good I was like oh well, it's Hans Zimmer of course it's good but I, he's the same guy that did um, Inception and Interstellar yeah in Christopher Nolan's movies mm-hmm. great director but yeah it's just awesome like when you you see this giant this huge building it looks almost like a Egyptian like obelisk it's a like, ziggurat yeah 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 not an obelisk. It's mm-hmm. like a, a a giant period, and there's these deep, like throaty, like go, like ah, oh, music in the movie is great, mm-hmm. perfect, like yeah, it was like, a really good score. It was super uh, atmospheric and just yep. got me in the mood to like. Uh. Yep, and he brings the he brings the serial number to Wallace Corp, and he looks up the data that they have on it, and it turns out that the replicant is actually Rachel from the original Blade Runner, and Rachel was uh, she was the first replicant with memories. Yep, and it, the the plot of Blade Runner is um that. Ted Decker, I think is not. No, is it Ted Decker? No, no, Ted Decker is a Christian <laughs> fiction author. You made this mistake already. It's his name is Deckard. Deckard. Deckard is also a human Blade Runner who like falls in love with a replicant, and then like they go off, and apparently they got busy and had a kid. Yeah, and, and then uh, Deckard has to run away, but he has to cover his tracks. Well, so we'll get to that. We'll get to that him. later once we get yeah. through the plot point. But basically, and they have a little callback to like in a. Uh, they show a memory, and there's a scene. Yeah, there's a scene from the original Blade Runner. Yeah, but it's just the audio, I think, and it shows like her eyeball or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. pretty much. Yeah, it's it was a good callback, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, so now Wallace finds out the company Wallace finds out that a that a a baby had come out of a replicant. And yeah. Like, and like, oh well, okay, that's another thing. Like they have been trying to create a replicant to. Reproduce. That will reproduce mm-hmm. so they can have, like, more and more because their production lines yeah. aren't spitting out enough yeah, so they can't get enough yeah. labor. I think Wallace says something along the lines of, I can make millions, but we need trillions or something. Yeah, he's something like, we have the lines. stars, but we want the galaxy. 
Yeah. Oh, oh dude, such yeah. a great. Oh, love that scene. And mm-hmm. then you meet um, Joy, who's also another main character, and she's a she's an artificial intelligence sort of like wife. Yeah. If you've seen like her, imagine the artificial intelligence from that. It's basically like a. She's also holographic, but I don't know. It's she. Yeah, she's basically the love interest for Joe, but she's not really a real person, but she acts and interacts like one. Yeah, yeah, and another theme, it reminded me a lot of, if you guys have seen the movie Her, like, that, with, I think Scarlett Johansson and um, Joaquin Phoenix are the mm-hmm. lead roles in that movie, but a lot of, like, or even, like, Ex Machina. I mean, this idea, the singularity idea has been, like, touched on so many times, but, and it's done, like, it's done pretty well in this movie, but they did the AI portion of this movie. They didn't really add anything new to that. Yeah, like, concept I feel like of, they were just kind of talking about like his reality is sort of like a house of cards. Yeah, no, yeah, and as like, yeah, there's a really good um, arc for KD one six seven slash Joe, where like in the beginning of the movie he's completely like robotic, like he has no emotion like whatsoever, and as the movie progresses, like. You see him. You see him change a lot. Like his yeah. his relationship with his like as he sort his of, computer wife. It's not like it's not a robot wife. It's a computer. Like yeah, she's a hologram. Much. It's like Karen from SpongeBob. Yeah, or or what's her face from her? I forget her name. I, I Scarlett Johansson's character from her, the robot, not the, the robot, robot lady, the, the not the robot, the computer, computer program, robot. but lady. software. Also, we get introduced to another character named Love, which is Wallace's right hand companion, basically. Well, I guess. Mm-hmm. Wallace has, draws a lot of, like, biblical allegorical things, you know? Like, he references... I think he... Doesn't he quote, like, Exodus or something? I know he... There's at least one Bible quote in this movie, but he calls the replicants his angels. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's, there's this theme going on where he, like, kisses... When he kisses the replicant that he sliced open when she was born... Like, I, I saw that as, like, a, a reference... Uh, I guess an allusion to, like, the kiss of death. Yeah. And, like, later in the movie, love give us a kiss yeah. of death and I always saw like love is basically this perfect replicant and she believes has an ego but really cool character oh man man yeah. some of those characters are fucking disturbing though they mostly just Wallace well love too because she just seems so like cold and calculated but then it's like do your fucking job oh <laughs> there's a great that was there are some really good like, lines in this she movie. doesn't show emotion ever but when she does it she's, is so well, scary because she's just like a force of nature yeah yeah you're right she's like unstoppable but um <laughs> but actually she did shed a tear when um, exactly <laughs> so she's, scary no she shed a tear once when um oh. I keep talking about this scene a lot because it's so good. But when Wallace cuts open that replicant as she's born, yeah, love sheds a single tear, and you can tell that she kind of like sympathizes with the replicants a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's like you just killed somebody, you son of a bitch. But then it's also <laughs> like she is totally in service to this yep, guy. And yep. It's like it's scary. It's, yeah, it is scary. Her emotions are so disturbing because she's so held back that it's just like a dam being let loose when she does actually mm-hmm. come through. Yeah. Alright, so after we go, after Joe slash KD137, sorry there's an airplane going on right here. We're outside. Wait, it's just... Can't find a quiet place. But, uh, we'll wait for it to pass over. <laughs> Beater! Carter, please. We can't do anything. We can't talk. We all have to cut this whole part out.
So, um, what does he do after he goes to Wallace's? I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, after he goes to Wallace's, he tries. He goes to the retirement oh, home. Oh, we forgot a key, a key plot point. There's a blackout, and after after the events in the original Blade Runner after 2019, <clears throat> there's a big blackout, like basically like an EMP, and all of their digital information is destroyed. Yeah. So so Joe, or KD one dash six seven at this point. Yeah, KD. Yeah, KD goes and looks at these actual like um. These di- these I think they're paper records or something. Like, yeah, they're in like these like acrylic cases or something. Yeah, and they have like a memory <clears throat> ball, but it's cracked. So no, no, that's the stuff that no, that's the stuff that like. Oh right, right. He goes to two. He does two places. At Wallace, they show him these memory cubes, and that's where you get yeah. that callback. But and then, then he goes after to the that, retirement home, and he finds that old guy with that origami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. There's a throwback to another character that drew like. Well, not Drew, but folded origami birds. And that was kind of like... Yeah, he was right, looking whatever. for Deckard, and it was Deckard's, like, companion. He said, like, we both wanted to work alone, so we worked together so we could work alone. And and then uh, he says, like, Deckard's out in the desert or something. And so, yeah, like, does. Uh, does he? I don't think I think he, he just says he went off the grid. Yeah, yeah, he finally got what he wanted. <clears throat> to be alone. Yeah. Deckard did. But, uh... After that, he goes and he finds out somehow that she had twins. I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. He goes. Uh, he he gets the some... DNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he yeah he goes and like goes into the actual records and like starts looking at it just mm-hmm. through, with his eyes and finds like DNA and finds out that there were twins and that one of them died in an orphanage or something along those lines. Yeah, and so he decides to go to the orphanage. Okay, how does the memory fit in? Oh yeah, he has this. Me- There's a scene where he's talking to Madam. And he talks about this memory that's implanted in him where he was a, a small boy at this place and he had this wooden horse with the, a date carved into it. Yeah, it's sort of it like, like a... 9, 12, 21 or something like that. No, it's like 622... 12. Yeah. 622-12. We'll go with that. And he has this memory where these boys are trying to steal this horse from him and he won't give it to him so he hides it and then they beat the crap out of him. And yeah. it's in this like furnace place. It's like really easy to recognize. Yeah. But <clears throat> he has this memory of that. And then he goes he ends up going and visiting this um orphanage. Yeah, this orphanage. And it's, it's sort like, of like a sweatshop. Yeah. Oh, and dude, when they were when they fly out of LA, that was like one of my favorite scenes. Like the score right there. Do you remember that? When they go over that big like seawall and it's just like you don't remember that? Anyway, so no. Great if when you watch that movie, when as soon as he like goes to the or you you'll recognize it. It's just great. The score is also this movie has a great use of silence. Yeah. Like when it's quiet, it's like But it gets it's, so fucking loud, it's so it's, awesome. It's tense. They understand yeah. like the dynamics of sound really well. Yeah. But he goes to this orphanage and looks for the records, and while he's in the orphanage, he sees the scene from his memory, like the furnace where he yeah. hid he hid the the horse he recognizes yeah. the furnace and so uh, yeah and at this and at this he can't find the records of the um what is it the twin the replicant child that was there mhm and um after that he goes down and check it, like he's checking out the scene that he remembers from his dream but you remember remember he thinks that his memories are implanted right yeah, and he believes like his his girlfriend though is like his AI girlfriend jo- Joy is like 
you were of woman born, like, yeah. pushed into the world, wanted, loved. Like, I thought that was a really good yeah. line. And so she's, like, feeding this stuff into his brain. Like, hey, man, what if, what, if, what if you're the replicant child? What if you're the chosen one? Yeah. Yeah. And he goes down there, and it's super quiet in the movie. And he finds, he finds the toy from his memory and he just like you can it's the it's the first point uh, in the movie where he shows emotion yeah like, the score just, like builds up to this just crescendo tension yeah and it's just like it's it's an audio recording of carnival <laughs> this is intense music yeah it was so fucking intense and like joe's face he he goes down to the furnace and he finds the horse and he's like he looks at the date and it's like 602 622 12 12 and he's like holy shit like, it's just a real memory like he, he but, didn't say it but his face is like uh, writhing yeah it's no if anyone like, could earn like if you could ever if you could earn an oscar for showing the most emotion without moving your face like <laughs> I'd, I'd give it to him right there because like yeah it it's, was, it's, it's, he did such a great job acting in this movie yeah but it was terrifying but it was also freaking awesome <laughs> yeah also there's um it's really hard to work everything in when you're just like talking about it on the fly like this but there's yeah. actually a third party so there's the police force that joe slash kd167 works for there's wallace corporation and then there's a third like entity entity that's still kind of unknown at this point but he somebody he goes to like a cafeteria or whatever and these prostitutes I, i'm not there was nudity there i'd count that as nudity but they show like these oh the prostitute cubicles like in yeah, the middle sort of, of like this, a like, whorehouse but you can yeah. like hear sex noises and, and like, it's like it's like that that you know on the showers how there's like that blurred glass silhouettes almost yeah but you know like yeah, you know what yeah. I'm talking about they like they like put the glass in a certain way to where you see just like a fuzzy outline of the yeah. naked person but I don't anyway know. it was pretty sexual and and then like the pimp instructs the prostitutes to go over and flirt with Joe and that's a plot point later but so Joe finds this toy horse and he starts like freaking out and he ends up, like, is thinking, like, is this memory real? Like, am I a real person? So he goes to the person that created the memories that are implanted in the replicants. Yeah. And is like, is this a real memory? Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is, yeah, this is a real memory. And he, like, and he's like, of course it's real! And, like, like he has a, he starts screaming and, like, freaking yeah, out. And it's, but... and it's so jarring because his character is so, like, robotic up until this point. Like, and you see him slowly start to become, like, like, more human, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's becoming one of the rogue replicants that he sought out to destroy. Yeah. And he goes back to the, to the police station. And they give him, like, a baseline test, which basically is, like, how how stable are you, like, emotionally? As a replicant. Yeah. And replicants that fail the test are retired. Exiled. Terminated. 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 But, um, yeah, and he fails the test, of course, because he's having an emotional breakdown from being... He's like, oh, shit, these emotions are real. Yep. <laughs> But not in that voice, of course. <laughs> no, it's a southern, southern replicant. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Man, I'm lost. My, my emotion. <laughs> I had a control. Mom, have an emotion. Mom. Uh, okay, anyway, back, to, back on topic. Yeah. But yeah. basically he has about 24 hours, or is it 48? I think it's 48, 48 hours until the police come after him and have to send a different yeah. Blade Runner out to... Take him down. Yeah, retire but Madam him. is like, okay... You're clearly effed up. We're going to... Because I like you, you're able to go free, but, you know... Yeah, his boss lets him go free, but she can't help him forever. Yep. And at this point, he tells her, okay, I found the child. 
I, he says, I did what you asked. Yeah. And he, all she said before was find the child. But she interpreted that as, I, he I turned, like, no more. Like, yeah. Kill no. the replicant, all trace is gone. Yep. And so she's like, oh, yes, we stopped this war from ever happening. Mm-hmm. Good job, KD-1-6-7. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably why she gives him grace for, like, being emotionally shook up and whatever. Yeah. She's like... Cause it's a reward for yeah. his... I found the child. Yeah. Or I we, did what you really, asked. Really, he is the child, supposedly. That... Yeah. Such a good, like... Anyway. But so he ends up... He, he takes the toy horse that he found that is actually made out of wood. And by the way, theme in this movie, there is, like... I think three living things in the movie, aside from humans and replicants. Yeah. There's um, the bees, a fish jumps, and then at, at Wallace Corp, and then the dog. Yeah, there's a dog later on a in dog. the movie. And that's the only three living things in the movie. And I guess the larva at the beginning. But it's it's weird. Like, there's no trees. Well, there is a tree, but it's dead. Yeah. But I there's, guess... like, nothing living in the movie. Yeah, there's no... But he takes this nature. toy horse to, like, some specialist and he finds out that it has a ton of radiation from it on it and there's only one place in the world that has that much radiation so he he's he goes back to his apartment to get ready to fly there but then his his ai girlfriend hired that prostitute that he was talking to earlier and yeah. then she does this weird thing where she like it's exactly it reminded me of the movie it reminded body. me of the movie her so much where she like projects her projection over the prostitute's body so it looks like yeah, their the faces AI. sort of like meld, but the, yeah. the rest of the body is and then, a little bit rougher. Yeah, and then, the, and then they bang, which is like... And it's weird, because like at, at this point, that's like the most human thing he like does. You know, because before, it was like, oh, I have a robot girlfriend. Or like an, a, a computer girlfriend. Yeah. 2D girl. But now mm. it's like, he actually like... He has sex with a physical human being instead of just like... Physical replicant, I guess. Or human being, depending on your, yeah. on your takeaway from this movie. He has physical sex rather than just like mentally... Emo- but, um... Yeah. And then the prostitute plants a tracking device on him. And, yeah. And then when he wakes up after having sex with the prostitute slash AI girlfriend, he goes and he finds the location yeah he finds deckard in the location where the horse was from yep and he talks with him for a while and then wallace corporation shows up and like bombs him and steals deckard and leaves joe slash katie 167 there to die and then uh, the third party shows up which the prostitute was actually working for which is like a group of underground replicants yeah it's like a replicant resistance basically and they're like i'm not sure what their goal was their goal was to get like not be slaves okay yeah i mean <laughs> that was their goal <laughs> i guess That's pretty... something, something like that nah they're not important they're robots yeah and then um they're not robots right i guess androids android repli- Android. replicants again you have to have your own takeaways from this movie mm. but um and then they're talking with him and they're like because like you need to go kill deckard that way they can't find the child he's like what are you talking about like I am the child. Well, he doesn't actually say that. She's like, you can meet her, finally. And then and then you see Joe has this, like, feeling of defeat for just, like, a second. And then and then the leader of the resistance is like, oh, you thought it was you. Like, we all wish it was us. Mm-hmm. And then she says this line, like, dying for the right cause is the most human thing that we can do. Which yeah. I thought was, like, really interesting. And I love that concept of, like, you're not special, but you can be a part of something that is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's almost like a... Any rebellion story. Like, Limb is a Rock kind of has that little... They touch on that. 
Yeah. But, um, I think it's interesting. Like, revolution is easy to get caught up in. Yeah, exactly. But then you actually have to, like, once the war starts, you actually have to fight it. And yeah, people die. Yeah. But anyway, so Joe goes through this, like, the the... So Deckard, the guy from the first movie, who's the father of the firstborn replicant, is captured by Wallace. Wallace tries to bribe him and creates another replicant that looks exactly like Rachel from the first movie. I don't know how they did that. I think it was CGI and, like, an actor that looked like her or something. Yeah, it's sort of like with the Terminator. Yeah. They she- CGI over Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger's face. Yeah, it's awesome. But it's really good. Great. The CGI in this movie is incredible. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then Deckard's like, I know what, like, what's real and what's not, like... That's yeah, not Rachel. That's a copy. And yeah, because like, her eye color was wrong. Yeah, and then they just shoot her right there, and you can tell it. He's like, whoa. These guys don't fuck around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Joe has this, like, epiphany as he's, like, walking away. He got, like, the crap beat out of him, like, when Wallace Court. Oh, yeah, yeah. also, also they crushed his robot girlfriend. He put his robot girlfriend on basically, like, a little, like, uh, flash drive, I guess, yep, that, like, projects. Yeah. And then Joy... The replicant angel of death from Wallace goes and crushes it, and it's like I er, hope you no, enjoy love, the product. Love. Oh, right, yeah, she, love crushes joy. I get, I get those two names confused, but yeah. love crushes joy. Yeah, and so now his AI girlfriend is dead, and as he's walking away from the rebel replicant's place, and he hasn't really made a decision he's, here. This yeah, is like he's walking through the city back to his apartment, yeah. basically in the rain, and he sees this advertisement for another joy, and she's like, "Well, for oh. the product that he bought, the yeah. AI, and it's like this big naked pink woman." Or she looks normal, but, like, her hair is pink? No, her whole body's pink. It is? Yeah, her whole body's pink. It's super, like, weird. Yeah. And then she's like, you look, like, lonely. And it's basically like, hey, buy me and I'll say whatever you want and be whatever you want. Yeah, that's, like, the tagline. See what you want, hear what you want, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and he kind of has this, like, realization. Like, this is the beginning of the third act when he's like, you know what? Like, I'm still going to be a part of this. Yeah, because he was like, I want... This has been, like, painful and, like, shitty, but yeah. this is... I want reality and not just, like, a mm-hmm. slow death. Yeah, oh, yeah, and I, I want to touch on this. The three acts of the movie are, like... Basically, Joe's the main character, obviously, or it's KD-167, whatever. And Joe like, KD. Joe KD. And the three acts are in the beginning when he's, like, completely robotic and, like, he's the perfect soldier, content with his life as a, like, AI soldier with... Or as a soldier as with, a his, with his... Yeah, with his blade... As a blade runner and with his, um... <laughs> With his AI girlfriend, and, like, he... It's weird, because, like, there's a lot of people that are just jerks to him, just because he's a... A Quote-unquote skin job. Yeah, that's... Is what they call him. That's sort of, like, the the slur for replicants in the future. Yeah, and then Act 2 is, like... Act 2 starts when he finds the horse, and he's like, holy crap, like, I'm human. I'm a real guy. And he goes, and he, like, like, breaks away from the military... His, like, job, and, like, has sex with that, like, his AI prostitute... Yep, mix girlfriend, and then Act Three starts when he's like, when he's on the bridge. Yeah, I'd say because I th- I think I'm pretty sure the definition of an act is when a character makes like an irrevocable like choice. I think it might have been. It could also be when the yeah resist- when they when they um tell him you're not the guy. Yeah, it could be four acts. Yeah, I guess. depending on how you look at it, it could be four acts. I think. Yeah, but then Joe slash KD six. Six seven goes and he rescues Deckard and the fight scene between Love and Joe is awesome. Oh my! It's gosh. like oh, and the score is so good. It's like underwater and oh man, yeah. It's not underwater. It's like on this like giant seawall of yeah, concrete. Yeah, basically these like KD flies after their ships and he shoots down the two patrol guys in the left and right of Deckard and Love's yep. plane and then he shoots them down 
And they sort of, they fall just outside of the seawall on, like... On the concrete leading up to the seawall. Yeah, basically. on the concrete, and, like, the waves are sort of lapping mm-hmm. at the wall. High-intensity scene. Very well done. Yeah, it's just sort of, like, built in intensity oh, and the yeah. whole time. Like, uh... So good. Love and, and Deckard fall into the ocean, and Deckard well, is, like, handcuffed to the... I guess we, you, guys, you guys can basically just watch the scene, but it's it's awesome. It's basically Love and Joe fight... Like, super good fight scene. Joe wins, saves Deckard, and Joe's, like, mortally wounded, I guess. Kind of open-ended, but... And then Joe tells Deckard, all right, you can see your... You can see your daughter now. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, and I forgot to mention this one line that I wanted to talk about that Deckard says when Joe meets him for the first time. Like, Joe, at this point... At that point in the movie, Joe thought he was his son, and then Joe asks Deckard, like, why did you never, like... Why aren't you with her? Like, why aren't you with your kid? And then Joe, and then Deckard says, "You think I don't want to? Like that was the plan. I get, I cause the blackout and get out of there. And then they, she lives her life." And he says, "Sometimes to love somebody, you have to be a stranger." And I was just like, mm, "That's good. That's some. That is good. What is written is good." <laughs> but fucking <laughs> meme. <laughs> roll credits. Oh, roll credits. But Joe takes Deckard to go meet his daughter. Who is actually the person who created the memory and told yeah. him that it was real. She just implanted her memory of being an orphan into, like, everybody. Yeah. And then that's where the movie ends, is Joe lying face up into the aether. No, while, I while think it's, it's Deckard, Deckard and uh, his daughter are... Yeah. Their hands are on the glass. Because, yeah, but that's where Joe ends. I mean, like, Joe... That's where the... Yeah, Joe... The, Joe that's is, where the, the story ends, but the plot goes on for, like, I guess a little bit longer. Yeah, like a minute, two minutes? Yeah. Yeah. And... He does the most human thing you could do, dying for the right cause. But anyway, go watch this movie. It's great. Love to hear your thoughts about it. It's okay. Comment and subscribe. <laughs> Shoot us a like. This, are we done? Yeah, that's about it. That's that's our that's, that's our the opinion. plot. But we haven't talked about what we thought. It's we're at forty minutes. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Let's go. Let's take like four minutes to talk about. All right, Carter. What do you think? Well, actually, that. Well, the vacuum is going. Let's we'll just go. The movie was. <laughs> <clears throat> I thought the movie was great, like overall, but uh, like definitely like highlight. The music was like fantastic, and the overall like mood or feeling was very like dark. But then it, I don't know. It was uh, it was atmospheric, but it also felt like very yeah. modern sci-fi. Like, yeah, lights, very atmospheric. A lot of lights, a lot of like, uh, the use of color was also interesting because. Mm-hmm. Stuff like uh, Wallace Corp is like sort of like the main villain corp, and they had this bright yellow, and that was sort of the same way with Tyrell Corporation in the original, and it was sort of like they had these interesting parallels. Well, yeah, they had like, a lot of use of light in the Wallace Corporation. Like everything is like black, but there's like reflections of water, and like it looked, it felt, I felt like a lot of like Egyptian, like yeah, definitely architectural like, influences. That's sort of like the whole yellow desert vibe. It was like, huh. Mm-hmm. And I think you only see the sun, like... I don't think you ever actually see the sun. You see, like, it through a haze. But yeah. never, yeah. like... There's never straight-up sunlight in this movie. No. And it's raining for a large portion of it. Yeah, that's sort of, like, the... the yeah. <laughs> it's just constantly raining on, like, this main planet, and it's like, <laughs> nobody ever sees the sun. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's great. Yeah. Great it's... atmosphere. Great music. Beautifully shot. There's so many scenes where I just, like, sit there, like... 
I'm, I'm gonna buy as soon as this movie comes out I'm gonna buy a Blu-ray and I'm just gonna watch it like three times also it's very long this is like a three hour long movie yeah the run time is two hours and 49 minutes the one thing that is like it was so hard <laughs> so hard to stay awake during this movie like I watched it are you twice. kidding me the first time I watched it I was dead ass tired <laughs> And the second time you watched it, you were more tired. And no, I wasn't as tired that second time. Really? I hadn't done anything that day, so I was like, no. okay, with like, okay, I'll watch this movie. But then it just like, it just like goes on, and I was like, oh. It's good though. It's worth the ride. I think. I don't yeah, think like, you could have. I wouldn't have made it any shorter. Yeah, it was never like bored. I felt like constantly engaged, but it was just like, you it's really like, like you gotta prepare to see this movie. Like bring snacks, bring like a coffee or something, and it just like. Pee beforehand. Yeah, pee beforehand. We we probably won't be able to see it in theaters by the time you hear this, but... Oh, yeah, like, you won't, but... pirating it. If you're watching it... Not saying to pirate it, but if you do... No, pirating is illegal. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. You wouldn't steal a movie. You wouldn't steal Blade Runner 2049. You wouldn't steal a replicant. (laughs) Exactly. You wouldn't steal a joy. Oh, never. Mr. Wallace. But, yeah, I loved that movie. I thought... I thought it was just so good. It's like I said, it's my favorite movie. It has everything that like is ever? required. I'm yeah, as of right now, I like ever. Ever. Wow, that's like, amazing. Standalone movie, favorite movie ever. Like I guess I like like The Lord of the Rings more. As for but like it's it's kind of unfair. It, I feel like it's it's really hard to compare a trilogy to a movie. Oh yeah, like you know. That's that's fair. But like, like even Fellowship of the Ring maybe not as this is this is this isn't a Lord of the Rings like analysis though. I but. know. There's plenty of those. But Blade Runner, yeah, favorite movie. As far as, like, For visuals. This year, definitely, like, the past, yeah. Especially, like, of its kind. Like, this is the best sci-fi, magnum, opus, epic. Oh, yeah. Whatever so you good. call this thing. It was, uh, mm-hmm. I want to say, like, fantastic, but it was really, like, it wasn't, like, a thrill ride. It was just, like. No, it's, it's, it's like. I want to say, like, a roller coaster, but with. It's different pacing. A, it's, yeah, it's like... It's a movie buff movie, almost. Like, it's not your... If you like, like, Transformers, like, Michael Bay, whatever, this movie is probably not for you. Like, I like this movie because I have a lot of patience, and I love seeing things unfold, like, really slowly. And, like... Yeah. And was, I love, like, good shots. Like, they, oh, there's so many good know, scenes like, where, like, I just get the chills. And I'm like, mmm! And then there's, like, great music in the background, a lot of silence, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was... Also, I just want to go over some quick points that it does really well. Characters, great characters. Like, there's only... I think there's only one dynamic character in this movie, really. And that's the main character, Joe. Everyone else is just kind of static. Like, they think the same things. But yeah. the dialogue is, like... All feels really natural. There's one where she says, like, Bad dog. I think L- Love says that. And I was like, ah, that's kind of cheesy. Uh, yeah. I was like, Love, that's kind of cheesy. Love is the only person who is, like... Who was kind of cheesy if you didn't like no well get i mean absorbed. like dude do you remember okay so there's a scene when he's like going to the orphanage and she's like shooting these missiles from yeah, like she, space and as at the same time as getting her nails done yeah and, and she's that's, sort of that's, relaxing that's, oh, man she a, is like super bitchy and that's scene. a great I was like dude, oh <laughs> that's a great i, I think joy is not ah i love. keep mixing him up I think Love is a great character joy was like exactly what she needed to be ah, madam sh- was like the perfect soldier archetype you know yeah sort of like the government mm-hmm. but not Harrison like ford the lovable rascal like yeah yeah he was like i don't know he's not really a lovable he seemed rascal. more like a rogue yeah he's more like he's more like a, a tough guy doing what needs to be done 
Yeah, Rogus Shiro. Yeah. Aragorn, if you will. Yeah. Wallace? Oh, he was a so good, good, like, super villain. He's, he's only got, like, maybe 15 minutes of screen time. Like, yeah, like, There's he's, not that much of Wallace, but every every scene with him, like, makes it count. And he's, like... Yeah, he's just, like, super yeah. intense. And you know exactly what he's about. Like, after the first scene, you're just like, oh, my gosh. This, this, guy's, guy, this guy's got a god complex, best. and he wants to, like, like... He also looks like Jesus, so that helps. Yeah, that's true. A lot of biblical allegories when it comes to... Yeah, Wallace. the original Blade Runner also did that as well. Like, yeah. they had a... With, yeah. There was, like, doves and... Yeah. yeah, love this movie. I highly recommend it if you like... If you like sci-fi, artistic epic, like I don't know, it's like, yeah. If you liked like like Dune, maybe. Well, see, I haven't read Dune, but if I had read Dune, <laughs> if I had read Dune, I would I'd say, like- yeah, I'd probably like that as well <laughs> because, or like, uh, structurally, it's kind of like, it's very big, but then like, tonally, it's like it's like all these other movies are like this tiny wheel that spins at like a million miles an hour without ever going anywhere. And this and one this is a very is like big a very wheel. large wheel that slowly moves, and by the end, you're like, "Holy shit, that was yeah, a lot of movement!" Like, yeah, like that was a lot of movement. Like a lot of stuff actually happened, but at the same time, it's but like, it doesn't happen in like it's yeah. not like quick, fast snaps. It's more like it's a slow arcing mm-hmm. movement, and by the end, like it's just like boom. It's a, it's like a six course meal. Yeah, it's not a firework. It's like it's a bang a, on a drum. It's not a candy bar. It's like a it's a piece of steak. You gotta chew on it a little bit. But yeah, you gotta boy, chew on it. But boy, is it savory. Let me tell you. <laughs> the protein fats. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's let's call it for yeah, this. This is this is already pretty long. It. If you made it through all of this, thank yeah. you for listening. We <laughs> might do another one. This. We might. You, no one's gonna make it through this. But I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I'll listen to it. I'll listen to it too. <laughs> we'll be our two best listeners. <laughs> Hi, Daniel. Anyway, okay. uh, all right. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. I'm Carter. I'm Daniel. And this has been What, what is, is Written. written. <laughs> Didn't practice.